Bibles tonight to Psalm 63, Psalm 63 and verse number 8 particularly, we're going to read the whole, whole passage here, but verse 8 be our, our text. <coughs> David talks here in this passage, uh, here in Psalm 63, of his need for the Lord. And his desire to follow after the Lord. It's a beautiful psalm uh, that David writes. And, and of course we know the psalms are songs. And so these are songs of praise that were sung unto the Lord and put with music. And I have no idea what the music sounded like. And I don't know that anybody else does either. I've heard other people put music to some of these psalms and and, and make pretty songs out of them as they add the music. And, but I have no idea what it would have sounded like in David's day, but the words are just simply beautiful. These, these psalms that David, all these that he wrote. But this one particularly as he's describing here his desire to follow after the Lord, to, to, to have that presence of the Lord in his life. He says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory so as I have been, or I have seen Thee rather in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. My soul Followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. That should be, that should be the prayer of all God's people. That my soul would follow hard after my God. That I would, I would seek his face, that I would be faithful to hold on to him, that I would be looking to him in every situation, every aspect of life, that, that we would be holding on to him like Jacob did there in the, when he wrestled with him there that night in the wilderness and 
The Lord said, let go of me. And Jacob said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Jacob didn't know who he was wrestling with at that point. But he knows the next day, I've seen God face to face. And yet, yet I live. I'll not let go of you until you bless me. This is what David's describing here. Is that desire to follow after the Lord. That desire to hold on to Him. That desire to be where God is at. That desire to be in, in, in communication with God. To be in, in the presence of God. That wherever God is, that's where I want to be. Whatever God is doing... That's what I want to be doing. Whatever He would be, would have for me. Whatever His will, His purpose, that's what I want to be doing. Following hard after the Lord. That following hard implies running as fast as I can to keep up. Following hard after Him. To desire... To know Him more must be chief in our hearts and our minds. But we find there's a great difficulty in our pursuit of Him in these bodies of flesh that we have. Because it is our prayer, it, it should be our desire that we would follow hard after Him. And, and I love how David words that there here in verse number 8 because David points out he's running as fast as he can to stay with the Lord, to keep up with the Lord, following hard after Him, not relenting, not giving up, chasing as fast as he can to come after the Lord. But then David also recognizes that the only way he can follow is by the strength of the Lord because he says, Thy right hand upholdeth me. I'm following hard after you. But I realize, I recognize that the only way I can pursue you is that you're strengthening me and carrying me along. My soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But there's a problem in that pursuing. There's a problem in our following hard after him in the bodies of flesh that we have because we are so easily distracted by this world. So easily distracted. And, and so our following hard, that's our prayer, that's our desire as the children of God to follow hard after the Lord. But we, we recognize and realize because we are so easily distracted by the world, we spend a great deal of our time Pursuing things as well. Now flesh is not an excuse. It's not given to us as an excuse in the scripture. It's a reality that the scripture speaks concerning our flesh. That it is, it is sinful and it follows after self and follows after this world. And, but having been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, it is possible through Him 
as his children to live lives that are pleasing to him. That's what he's called us to do. Be ye holy as I am holy, he declares. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says there as he's describing for us here in this passage how our salvation has been brought to us there in chapter 2. He, he tells us in verse 10, after he tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. After he tells us how that salvation comes to us, he goes on to tell us there in verse number 10, For we are his workmanship. That's the Greek word poemia. That's where we get the word poem from. For we are his workmanship. Created, he says, in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so he tells us here that we are saved. We, that, that salvation is brought to us. By grace, through faith, it is put in us by God. God intervening on our behalf, working out that salvation for us, giving it to us, and then in Him giving it to us, there is a response by the heart of the child of God to do for God. To serve Him, to follow Him, to obey Him. And so this, this is what He tells us here, that He has saved us, He has created us in Christ Jesus. He has given us that salvation in Christ Jesus that we might perform these good works. Which, by the way, God has before ordained. They, they're already in His plan. They're already in His purpose. They're already in His will that we're going to do those things that He has set for our lives, we're going to do those things just as He has given them for us to do. Because He's making something out of us. We're His workmanship, Paul says. He's making something out of us. And it's, it's, it's going to be something that's going to glorify His name. And so he's got, he's got works planned for you to do, and you're going to do <laughs> those works. That's his purpose. That's his will for us. First Peter chapter 1, I, I quoted this just a moment ago there in verse 16. We'll read verse 15 as well. Paul says, but as he which hath called you is holy... So be ye, or I said Paul, Peter says there, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. He saved us unto holiness. He calls us to live holy lives before him. Will we fail? Yep. Most assuredly. We know that because we all have. Will we succeed? Yes. Yes. As we studied on Sunday afternoon, the Bible tells us all who have Christ, all who are born again, overcome the world. Yes, we will succeed. 
Yes. He has works. He's already told us that there in Ephesians chapter 2. That we are going to perform. That He has already chosen for us. So yes, we will succeed to do exactly what He has planned for us to do. But we must be actively, as His children, we must be actively seeking and following after our Lord. Following hard after him, realizing all along, as David says there, it's by his power, it's by his provision that we are successful in our pursuit at all. My soul followed hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. The Lord says, without me, John 15, without me, ye can do nothing. So it's by his power that we are successful. It's by his power that we live holy. It's by his power that we do the works that he has given for us to do. But it has to be, it has to be the desire of our heart to follow after him. It has to be the desire. We, we need to be sure as the children of God that we are indeed following hard after our God. Not satisfied with the mediocrity of this world, but striving, striving, to follow after our Lord. To be found faithful unto Him. For He has redeemed us unto Himself. Paid a great and glorious price. To save us. To forgive us. To redeem us back unto our Father. That it is, we cannot even begin to count the cost of what our Lord paid to redeem us unto himself. The payment is vast. So vast. Not just for all of his people, yes. What a great payment that was for all of his people to redeem them. But the payment was vast just for you. Just for your sin. He has paid so much, so dearly, to make us his own. Why would you not want to follow hard after him? The problem for us today is not that we don't want to pursue God, but that we pursue God and stuff, things. The things of this world have taken our hearts and much of our time is in pursuit of those things. And though we would not like to admit it, if we're honest with ourselves, we could very easily see how we have raised up idols of things in this world. Now, understand, there's nothing wrong with things. 
God gave man things for provision, for enjoyment, to, to uh, bless us by. But with the fall, sin wrought in us a, a new value toward things. In fact, 1 John chapter 2, he says in verse uh, 16, let's read verse 15 as well. 1 John 2, verse 15 and 16. John writes here, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, he says, passeth away. And the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so the fall, the the sin curse that's passed upon all of us has redefined, given us a a new value for what things are, and this is what it's become in verse 16. The things, the stuff of this world. It's become this to us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But as John tells us here, those things pass away. Those things are corrupted. They, Jesus said they'll rust and decay and thieves will break in and steal it. It's, it's What's it really good for? I mean, yeah, we need things. We use things. Things are important to us doing and being, yes. But we're not to love them. We're not to, not to seek so hard after them that we take our eyes off of the Lord and raise up these things, this stuff, as idols before us. Sadly, a lot of things have become all to us. They've become a measure of who we are. They're proof of our status or our station. and They're necessary to our comfort and so are necessary for our survival. I mean, if, they're, if it's going to make me comfortable, I've got to have it. You know, that's what we were talking about Sunday. We've, it's got, it, there's no argument. I've got to have that right there. And so we work. Keep our things. We work to get more things. We worry about our things. We dream about things we don't have and want. We defend our things. We're always looking to get more things. And it doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor. Have all the money we want. 
or don't have any at all, we still want things. But wait, you say. My things don't hold such a sway over me. I, I don't I don't have things as idols. My things are just things. They're things I need. They're things that I use. They're things that God has provided for me. I, 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 don't, I don't raise those things up before me. I don't pursue after those things. Let them all be stolen away. And how would you feel then? Let your electric be off a few hours. How do you feel then? Or your internet. Oh boy. Internet goes off the house, you'd think a nuclear bomb had went off somewhere. Get on my phone. I can't play this. I can't play. And that's just what I'm saying. I don't know what kids are. <laughs> things. Things are rooted in our hearts. That it's not us that possess them, but rather the things. Possessing us. What then must we do? Well, first we've got to be honest with ourselves. And recognize that reality, how much we are beholden to our things. And we must make it our conscious effort to take our eyes off of the things and follow hard after our Lord. Because there's a day coming. I, I don't, I don't, I know our Lord's coming. I'm looking for His coming. I'm looking for His return. But it may be that He allows us to go through some hard times before He comes. It may be that we have to lose some things before we see him face to face. So we need to be following hard after him. And we must insist in our prayer life as we're following hard after our Lord. We must insist, Lord, take these things out of my heart. That he alone reigns there. That the things would not hold us. But that our hearts would be solely reigned by our Lord. That don't mean we have to get rid of our things and our comforts. 
Because sometimes getting rid of our things, the very abstinence from those things can become as big of an idol as the things themselves. We've all seen those before. I'm a better Christian than you are because there's no TV in my house. You've heard those before. I'm a better Christian than you are because I only drive Chevy. You know, I mean, you hear those, those kind of abstinence from different things. They can become just as much an idol as the things themselves. The things need to be to us again just blessings, just provisions that God has given us. And we enjoy them, we have them, we use them because God in his grace has blessed us with them. And that if he decides to take them from us tomorrow, amen, thank you for the use of them, Lord, while I had them. That's how it needs to be in our hearts for our things, for the stuff of this world. So therefore we need to be purposeful in our thanksgiving as we thank the Lord for his gifts, as we thank him for his many blessings. Paul says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. He says, For who maketh thee to differ from another? Or what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? All that we have, all that we have is given by God. It's a blessing from Him. It's, it's not something, even, even that which we have earned, even that which we have bought, even that which we have, we have worked to achieve, worked to get, it's still... It's still by His grace, it's still by His strength that we are able to do and to, and to have. And so we need to be purposeful in our thanksgiving. Lord, thank You that You've given all that I have. I heard one preacher say, say if, if He will become drastic enough if he will become drastic enough, he can shorten the time of his travail from years to minutes and enter the good land long before his slower brethren who coddle their feelings and insist upon caution in their dealings with God. If he will become drastic enough, he can shorten the time of his travail from years to minutes to enter the good land long before his slower brethren who coddle their feelings and insist upon caution in their dealings with God. The problem is in regards to self, 
we are much too cautious with God. And so his point is, if we, if we would follow hard after our Lord, if we, we would chase after Him, if we would seek Him, we'd lay aside all of the stuff, lay aside all the things and follow hard after God. All this, this life, our way, our path, even, even when we are in the valley, if we're following hard after our God, life is so much easier. Because we know his presence. We know his peace. Even when it's dark. Even when it's low. We have his presence and we have his peace. And it makes our journey so much easier. Amen. When we're not encumbered by stuff and things. And wholly following after our Lord. This ancient curse will not, will not go out painlessly. It will not lie down and die obedient to our command. The fact is it must be torn out of our hearts. Like a plant from the ground or a tooth from the jaw. It must be expelled from our souls by violence, or else we will pity it in our hearts and give it just a little room to stay. It has to be torn out and discarded. I'll not make idle of stuff. I'll not make idle of things. I'll not follow hard after those. I will follow my If we're going to pursue Him, if we're going to know Him, we must be able to renounce the things that control our heart. And God must empower our coward hearts to give up its things. That they do not possess us, but rather that we'll be solely following hard after him. My soul followed hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed.